0: One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm, rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms, taking life with a grain of salt and light, living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time, nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote, two stand-up comics with stories from the road, we're cutting up.
1: Loving, we're having a good time.
2: We are back and better than ever. We have an exciting podcast for you. We have talk about the conspiracy of the Mothman. This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and this is Hannah Hogan.
0: Great to be back in the studio, Dusty Slay.
2: Ah, what a great day it is. We're back. It's Tuesday. We're back. We're back from all our travels, uh, and we can't wait to tell you about it. First, let's give a shout-out to our sponsors, McBailey Candle Company. That's M-A-C-B-A-I-L-E-Y, candleco.com. C-O. Go there, they have great candles. Our candles are almost completely empty because we have burnt them up.
0: We've been trimming the wick. Yes, We've been we have. burning it up.
2: And I'm going to Charleston this weekend to do a show, and I'm gonna see Rich and Clara McBailey, and they're gonna give me some new candles.
1: All right, that's good
2: news. So go ahead and go to that link, use the code good time, and you get twenty five percent off candles. So go ahead and buy some candles so that they'll enjoy being our sponsors. Just buy one or two. Uh, you know what? But uh, Halloween's right around the corner. Buy a McBailey Candle Company to put inside your... Uh,
0: Jack-o'-lantern.
2: Jack-o'-lantern, yes. Why not make it smell good? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's safe, but that's up to you to decide.
0: Yeah, but I think that's a great idea, Dusty, and I, I appreciate that promo.
2: Yeah. And uh, also, um, who doesn't enjoy candles at Thanksgiving and... And they make a great Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. So you have three months of things to buy candles for.
0: Go ahead and get yourself a McBailey Candle Co. Company. Come yeah. on now.
2: Yeah. Come it. on
0: now. Come <laughs> get your, yourself a candle.
2: So, and now we're going to get to my the first and my favorite segment Where We've Been, Where We're Going. Where They Going.
1: Where They Been. Where They Going. Where they have been,
0: where we're going, where we've been. Yeah. All right, that's a good time right it now. It is a, that's good, a time. good song.
2: So, where we've been, uh, we both—you know—we didn't do a podcast uh, last week, so we got a couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, we did a show in two shows in Atlanta, Hapeville, Georgia, for a, a company called Serenity Steps, which helps uh, rescue people from child trafficking and stuff like that, and out of sex work and back into the community great charity uh serenitysteps.com if you'd like to check them out that is Serenity's steps two s's in there uh they're a great organization great people we did two shows for them they were packed out in this bar or it was a brewery do you remember what the brewery was called
0: uh no i don't
2: i don't remember either but it's a great place and uh go to the you know we can go to our our Facebooks and see the brewery if you're dying to find out, but it was a great time and we had great shows and then we came home and we woke up at, we came home Saturday, we slept and then Sunday, Hannah went uh, canoeing or kayaking Yeah, with a friend, that was yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, And then we woke up at 3.30am, we drove to the airport, we parked, we rode in a bus from a long way away to the airport. And then we flew to the city of Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, it was a real hero's journey just to get to LA.
2: And we got there early in the morning, and we took a meeting with my new management company, Levity Live. Uh, we we met everyone in the company; they were all very nice. We enjoyed it. Uh, I got to sit in a, my first boardroom and tell people uh, about living in a trailer park and it, how I.
0: It felt like a uh, Meet Joe Dirt. It felt like Joe dirt meets entourage,
2: yeah, I mean, it was uh it's very fun. um everybody's wearing suits, and I have a black t-shirt and a trucker hat and uh, I loved it. That's my kind of style, yeah. and then uh from there, we went to lunch uh with uh with my managers. I have a couple of managers now, and uh and that was a good time and then we um I had another meeting with uh, some uh some network people or whatever. And then uh, Hannah did a show that night at Flappers Comedy Club.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I did. Uh. Well, when Dusty and I both went to Los Angeles, um, but we kind of parted ways after the first day. I stayed with a friend of mine, Sophia Alexandra, and hung out with my friends while I was well, there. Tell us about Flappers, though. Well, all right. But I just wanted to clarify uh, the journey that we were both on in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, I went to Flappers. This is day one. This day is day one. Okay. Um, I went to flappers and I did a show. I did five minutes at flappers, um, which set was, of the
2: night, really. Yeah. She had the set of the night.
0: Oh yeah. Well that, thank you. That's really nice of you to say. Um, you know, it was interesting to do five minutes because I'm used to really honestly doing at least 15 minutes or more. Cause that's mostly what I do on the road. Um, so, so that was cool. So I just brought the hits, brought the heat showed them the goods and
2: Whitney Cummings was on the show and I know that Whitney Cummings is very funny so I say Hannah had the set of the night and I believe that she did but Whitney Cummings was you know she's very clearly there working on jokes so I'm not saying anything about her comedy because I think she's very funny
0: yeah of course that's her hometown that's where she would be working So
2: on she's jokes. working on jokes we're in mm-hmm. LA we're out there showing our our best stuff you know yeah yeah so yeah. but Hannah had a great set and it was very fun and then she went to stay with her friend Sophia Alexandra. And then I went to stay with my friend Danny Green, who I used to live with when I lived in Charleston. Haven't seen him in a long time, and he's out there working, doing comedy, and it was great to see him, great to hang with him. Tuesday morning, I woke up and I had more meetings, big time meetings. I went to uh different places I don't want to say but uh it was fun I had, I had it was fun for me to have these meetings I actually for these meetings I still wore the trucker hat but I took two I took my normal one that's a little dirty and I switched it out for a clean one and then I wore my denim shirt that I wore on the Tonight show uh, cuz it's my nicest shirt
1: Oh you got fancy huh Yeah
2: yeah and I had had several meetings with writers and different things like that and it was very fun And then after that uh, I went to oh the Hollywood Improv. I did comedy at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, Adam Devine. This was they had a long lineup of people, comics that I'd never seen before that I met. They were very nice. And then this is how the lineup went: it went Adam Devine, Chris D'Elia, Whitney Cummings, Dusty Sly. So I followed the celebrity lineup. And Whitney Cummings, uh, she had a good set, but I don't think that she felt like she was having as good a set as she was having and kind of made the audience weird. She just kind of was like, all right, what do you want to talk about? And and then yelled at the audience for a while, and then she turned it around. It got funny, but the audience was in a frenzy. And then she was going to bring me up, but couldn't remember my name. So um, it was weird. It was a weird intro for me, but I thrive in the awkward moment. So I worked it. I got to just come right up, give the wave, say we're having a good time. And I got into it by telling my joke about uh, the song It's Five O'Clock Somewhere by Alan Jackson. Mm -hmm. And we had a good time. Yeah. And then the show, I had a great set, got to hang out with some people. Then I hung out with my buddy Andy Ryder at Danny Green's restaurant, and we ate and talked.
0: Oh, y'all went out to eat after that? I was also at the improv, supporting my husband. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, I wasn't even allowed in the improv because it was so full and uh, the doorman wasn't letting me in. But then my friend, DJ, who's also a comic, DJ Demirs, snuck me in the back way. And I got in there. Yeah.
2: And to be fair, I didn't know that Hannah, I thought, I assumed that she had already come in and was watching the yeah, show. I, I didn't know that she was friends. out drinking in the bar, not coming into the show until late. Well,
0: actually what we were doing was we were in the lab, the improv lab, and we were watching Whitney Cummings and Whitney was doing, I mean, at least 40 minutes. She was, I, I don't know what. Preceded her, so I don't know if they all did that long of sets, but she was doing long sets and she was crushing. And nope. then she skipped over to the main room and was up before Dusty doing a shorter set. So it was pretty interesting to see her crush in the lab, and then the essentially the same material just wasn't being as wasn't received as the same as it was in the earlier show, which is how comedy goes.
2: Yes. Well, in the lab, uh, she had Michael Rappaport opening for her. Apparently, yeah, I saw Michael apparently Rappaport. Apparently, Michael Rappaport had never done stand-up comedy before, and he was making his comedy debut, and he was friends with Whitney Cummings, and uh, so she put him on the show. Yeah. Um, but I got to take a tour around the Hollywood Improv. The Booker took me around. Uh, the Lucy of the Hollywood Improv took me around, mm-hmm. and uh, Paige is her name, and um, I got to go onto a bus where Eddie Ift was recording a podcast and I had worked with Eddie Ift years ago, but I thought there's no way that he remembers me. And yeah, I walked right on there and he goes, yeah, I know Dusty. And, uh, I was like, wow, that's great. And then Tommy John was on there on the bus and it was fun. So I talked to them for a bit and then I almost fell coming out of the bus, but it was fine. And, uh, and then that was Tuesday. So then Wednesday, uh, have i uh, had a meeting I got to go and hang out at the comedy central building the Viacom building i might have i Viacom is an umbrella company they have comedy central and c m t and me seeing that I was just thinking they're all the same and I might have complimented c m t too many times to the comedy central people uh <laughs> but we had a good time and uh and then I took some other meetings and it was fun and then I did a show at Uh, a brewery, common space brewery. And then I went to uh, uh, Venice beach and I got yelled at by a homeless man. I was driving a rental car, had a Kia soul was my rental car. And I parked, I was having trouble finding parking in Venice beach. And then I went down to this one street and the street was pretty empty, lots of parking places. So I was like, great, this is the spot. So I parked. And then the moment I get out, there's a guy, a homeless guy yelling, and I've been around lots of homeless people. So a homeless guy yelling means nothing to me. Uh, I try to help homeless people when I can, but I'm not prone to helping a yeller. And
0: boy, I know that
2: he was yelling about having diabetes and being epileptic. And I was like, he was like, I don't even have the money to keep my blood sugar up. But he also seemed very well spoken. So I was like, something's going on here. But I was like, he's not talking to me. He's just yelling. And then as I'm putting, I'm trying to pay parking, he's like, I wish I had the money to drive a Kia Soul. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, this is getting very specific. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, I wish I had $2,000 a month to pay for rent. (laughs) And I wanted to go up to the guy and go, listen, buddy, for one thing, my car has 300,000 miles. I don't drive a Kia Soul. And I also don't pay two thousand a month for rent. So what are you what are you talking about? Why don't you, know? you
0: come move to the middle of the country instead of trying to be a star out here on the coast? Yeah, yeah. Get yourself a little apartment for four hundred bucks a month.
2: Yeah, it's like I wanted to say, hey, I wish I lived on Venice Beach. You know, I mean, we all have our things we wish for. But anyway, I got to that show. It was very fun. It was a. It was an underground show, but the room reminded me of this place we used to do in Charleston called the Ten Roof. And then the host reminded me of the host of the Ten Roof show and my friend Jason Gross. Uh, it was so bizarre, and I had a great time on the show. Jackie Cation mm-hmm. uh, was on the show. She clearly had the set of the night. Uh, I think I had a very good set. I take nothing away from myself, but she crushed it. She's very funny.
0: And I was excited to hear that because I am a fan of Jackie Cation and Lori Kilmartin. They have a podcast uh, called The Jackie and Lori Show, and they are two uh, female comedians that have been in the biz a long time, and they're really funny, and they have a really good podcast, Uh, especially for girl comics. I mean, it's, it's relevant to guy comics to their podcast, but... They definitely give some awesome inside insights to uh, to being a comedian, a stand-up comedian as a lady. Yeah, they
2: were very funny, but they're
0: both really, really funny. Yeah, I mean, I check, only saw Jackie,
2: but gosh, I was like, man, this lady's funny. She's super funny. And uh, and then uh, then that was Wednesday, and then I just hung out with Danny again. Uh, I was supposed to. Meet up with Hannah. Uh, she was going to come to that show and watch me, and, uh, and then we were going to. Then I was going to go stay with her at Sophia's house. But Hannah was off drinking and partying. Yeah. And uh, she failed. She was dead at the improv trying to uh, meet up with stars, and <laughs> she was drinking. And
0: <laughs> there was no stars at the improv that night.
2: And uh, but the but
0: no, you know what though, I did end up drunk at the comedy store. Late on Wednesday night, and that seems to be how I always end up at the Comedy Store. I mean, I have only been there maybe five times in my life, but I always show up drunk, and it's, it's not a good look. I need to rethink my approach to the Comedy Store. Well,
2: you had a good time. Tuesday night, you did a show at Flappers. Wednesday night, you did a show at Ha Ha Cafe.
0: Yeah, I did a Monday and Tuesday, I was at Flappers, and then I was at Ha Ha Cafe, and uh, I was hanging out with my friends, and so we were just kind of touring around. And um, yeah, Sophia I mean,
2: Alexandra, I, Christine Little, Christine Little has a podcast too called A Little Advice. A Little Advice. Sophia
0: has a podcast called Reality Bites. Oh, okay, so, Yes. But I want to say, you know, even though we're painting me to be a to be a belligerent, I mean, my friends told me the next day that Fun Hannah made an appearance. Yeah, no. Because normally people call me chill or serious. But when I get By drinking, people, she means me. Yeah, but no, them too. They were on tour with me, and I wasn't drinking at all, and uh, or very much. And uh, they were like, "Wow, Hannah got drunk, and she was fun, Hannah." And I thought, "Wow, there's a whole fun person inside of me that I wasn't even aware of." So that's exciting. And uh, L.A. brought that out in me, as well as you know my addiction.
2: Yeah, I'm a lot more fun when I'm drunk too. I mean, everybody.
0: Well, not everyone's fun when they drink. Some some people get angry or aggressive or just stupid. But I was just sipping on white wine and I was being delightful.
2: All right. And then Thursday I had one more meeting and uh, we got in the and we got on our plane. We came home and then we went to Alabama. We got home on late uh, Thursday night, midnight, one AM and then Friday we rested. Saturday we went to my sister's house. By Sunday night around one AM we were back home we rested yesterday, and here we are today, and where are we going? Wednesday night, we have a show at Zanie's We're going to do, Chloe Stilwell has a show here at Zany, in, in Nashville at Zanie's called Wine Mom, and we're going to do uh, sets on that. Both me and Hannah will be there. Uh, I'm sure that will be a very, very dirty show, and uh, I'm going to go in there and do some comedy. And Why? Hate,
0: Aren't you showering before the show?
1: Uh, okay. Fun, uh, Hannah. Have I been <laughs> drinking? Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh.
2: I just think that the show is geared to be dirty. I think that's what Chloe wants. Chloe wants a show where people uh, really do some dirty jokes. I'm, you know, I don't, to be honest, I don't really try to focus on clean or dirty, but it, I'm just trying to be, Within reason, but uh, so don't expect dirty jokes from me, uh, but just expect a, f- a good fun time. And then uh, Thursday, Hannah will leave for Michigan, Spring Lake, Michigan.
0: Yeah, I'm going to Spring Lake on Thursday, Muskegon on Friday, and Howard City, Michigan on Saturday. Oh,
2: well, I've been to both Spring Lake and Muskegon recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I nep- like
0: the look and feel of that word, Muskegon.
2: Yeah. It feels
0: mm-hmm. good on that mouth. Yeah, it's
2: a good time. Uh, Back Alley Comedy Club is what that's called. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, Friday, I'm going to be in Charleston, South Carolina. Friday, October 12th, I'll be at the Queen Street Playhouse, which is formerly known as the Footlight Players, I believe. Uh, very cool theater I've done a show there before very cool theater great spot I'm gonna be doing a show with some fun people it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome I mean get tickets now it's gonna be great Bill Davis is putting that together uh, in Charleston South Carolina it's gonna be a great time come out see the show let's hang let's party uh, and then um, that's so. That's it. That's where we've been. Where we're we going.
0: Fortunately, I won't be in Charleston to turn up the party with my awesome funness. Because everybody knows I'm fun when I drink. Right. Well, I won't be there. But you go ahead drink without me.
2: Well, I'm not going to drink. I've drank enough in Charleston. I
0: don't mean you, singular. I mean you, the the viewers.
2: Oh, okay. Yes. All right. And that's it. And now on to our next segment: advice to comedians. You are what you are.
1: I'm gonna
0: make them an off again. <laughs> I don't know what you're
2: talking about. This is, as I always state before this, if you uh don't want this advice, don't take it. I don't care. And I'm not trying to tell people how to do comedy. We had a specific question here from someone, and I'm gonna read the question. Uh If you don't mind.
0: This is our first email question into the show, which we appreciate, and we encourage uh, comedians or people that are interested in comedy, if you have a question, go ahead, email us. We'd be happy to answer it. It gives us uh, more specificity to talk about.
2: Uh, And this is from someone, I just, I won't say his name. Uh, In my four and a half years, I have developed a solid 45 minutes of squeaky clean material, and I have worked primarily to polish that. However, I have lots of dark and blue material I love doing. I've presented myself publicly as a clean comic, but I feel I would attract more of a following if I made more of my dirty content publicly available. However, I am hesitant to do so at the expense of losing clean booking opportunities. As a comic who has found success working clean for the most part without billing myself as such, do you think this is a valid concern? Is the cleanliness, and this is directed at me, is the cleanliness of your social media persona something that you have put a lot of thought into? Um, and I'll answer the first question. And uh, and Hannah, you, you weigh in on this too. But I think, uh, you know, I've never wanted to brand myself as a clean comedian. I feel like that I keep it pretty clean. But I like there to be an element of an edge, right? So if I say, Oh, I'm a clean comedian, then people start bringing their families to the show and they're, and I'm like, I don't want that. I want to be able to get loose a little bit if I need to, but I just, I want people to understand that I'm going to keep my comedy within reason, right? But I do think that if you're going to brand yourself as a clean comic, then you, I, I definitely think you can't put the dirty stuff out publicly. I think it will lose clean booking opportunities, and I think it's a little, um, I think it's hard to go, I'm a clean comedian, and then go, look at all this dirty stuff I have. Do you know what I mean? What do you think, Hannah?
0: Yeah, I think I think you got to pick a lane, and you got to stick with it, and I worked with a very funny man, John Heffron, and he's probably in the same ballpark of what Dusty's describing is he's clean, but he don't think that he markets himself as clean. But John told me when I was asking him about, you know, how he's become a clean comedian, he just said, you know, I just started to get work as a clean comedian. So I just continued to work clean. And he said, you know, now if I have an idea or a joke comes about for something that is dirty, I enjoy it because it's a challenge for me to make it clean. Yeah. And...
2: And I got some dirty jokes too, and I'll slip them in now and then just for fun. But uh, I don't put any of that stuff publicly uh, because uh, I don't. I mean, that's that's not what my comedy is all about. But I also, for me, it's like, yeah, it's not about. I'm not. I'm not setting out to go. Ooh, I'm going to be clean. I'm going to be clean. But I, I just in more of a mindset where I just don't write dirty stuff, you know. And I just. Once in a while, I'll think of something and I think it's funny, and I may tell it at an open mic or I may tell it at a show, but i I definitely don't put it public. I don't think that you should. but also, if you've been if you've been setting yourself up as a clean comic and you think you have more of an opportunity to reach more fans by putting your your dirty stuff out there, then go dirty. you know, you don't have to be a clean comic. go dirty just if you think your dirty stuff is better, go with it. But I don't think that's the case. I think you're gonna get better and more booking opportunities, working more clean than you are more dirty.
0: Yeah. And he also asked about, was it calculated for you to curate your social media as a clean and PG-13? And I I mean, I think that Dusty as a person is not someone that cusses a lot. I mean, even when I make a dirty joke in the privacy of our own home, he kind of rolls his eyes. I mean, it's, that's who he is. He's not He's not a dirty uh, kind of person that that makes dirty jokes from day to day. so that 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 bleeds itself into his social media and into his comedy. And I think the thing is, is Dusty being a clean comedian is a genuine brand, you know. So he's not trying to be clean. That's just what he thinks is funny, and that's what he feels is good taste.
2: Right, but again, I mean, I just want to reiterate. I mean, I'm not trying to brand myself as a clean comedian. No, but that's why
0: your brand is successful, because you're not trying to brand. That's just your brand.
2: Right, and I think that a lot of people misconstrue what clean is. I mean, clean... It's to, In people's mind equals cheesy. They're like, oh, you're clean? Well, how are you funny then? And it's like people are funny all the time without being dirty. I mean dirty is uh, – to me, dirty is only funny if there's some line that's established that you're not supposed to cross because then when you cross that line, it's like, ooh, it's edgy. It's like forbidden fruit kind of thing. But when nothing is off limits, when you're allowed to say anything you want, then what's really what's really the fun of the dirty?
0: Yeah. And, you know, um, I remember when I worked with Jim Norton, he was saying to me that a lot of, you know, kind of degenerate, filthy features wanted to open for him because that's kind of his line in his act. Like he talks about kind of a lot of sexual stuff and a lot of kind of how he's kind of weird and things like that. And so people would approach him and say, oh yeah, I'd be the perfect feature for you because I talk about the same stuff. But Jim said, no, I don't want someone to be filthy and dirty before me. I want someone to be different than me, completely different than me. You don't have to be the same thing as me to open for me. And, and it, and he didn't say it, but it, I got the feeling that he preferred people to be quite different so yeah. that it was like when he came on stage, it was, it was more powerful.
2: Almost all headliners that I've encountered appreciate a clean opener. Yeah. So I don't, I just think that, that reining it in until you've found your own following, we I mean, put those, write those dirty jokes. If you want, put those in a somewhere. And then when you are the draw, when people are coming to see you, then you can pull that stuff out on them. I mean, uh, Drew Carey and who is the guy that everybody loves Raymond's brother? Um, in he kind
1: the talks like this.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I can't think know. of his name right now, but he's very funny. But he and Drew Carey are both very dirty comics. But they they've been in very family kind of sitcoms. So they will warn people. You know, about like this is not like I know that one guy from Everybody's Love Raymond, he on his posters, he's like, this is an adult show. This is not everybody loves Raymond. And it's like because they now they have a following, you know, so they can do whatever they want. But when you're building it up, I think it's best to keep it as clean as you can. And that way you get more work and you will you will lose work if people see you as a clean comic, and then they go on YouTube and look you up, and they're like, oh, look at all this dirty stuff on here. This guy's not clean. They're going to think that that's what you're going to do in the show. So that's my advice. Take it or leave it. But also, yeah, social media. Yeah, I just, I mean, I got a lot of family on social media, You know, like aunts and uncles and stuff like that, and cousins, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be all filthy out on social media. I mean, my Twitter is my dirtiest one because nobody's on Twitter, but it uh, I also don't get dirty on there either. But if I have something uh, looser to say, that's where I'll go. Because I mean, you know, my niece follows me on Instagram. You know what I mean? I'm not my my nice, wholesome niece follows me on Instagram. I'm not going to poison her. Right, but joke. your
0: niece doesn't follow me.
2: Right, right, <laughs> by design. <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> But I'll, you know, if I got something funny that I see in a bathroom somewhere, sometimes I take pictures of bathroom graffiti, I'll post that on Twitter. That's where that'll go. That's where the dirtier stuff goes for me. So, at Dusty Slade.
0: Great question. Thanks for emailing yes, in. Yes,
2: thank you. And we appreciate that. And you can always message me on Facebook or email me at dusty.slay at gmail.com. Four questions like that because we love that.
0: All right, all right. And Cue the road music. They're on the road again. Hen and, and I still on the road again,
1: telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and, and I still on the road again. Yeah.
2: Okay. Now we're out on the road a lot. We're always driving around. So we My brother-in-law is not a comedian, but my brother-in-law is about ten or fifteen years older than me. And he lived a similar lifestyle. He's a traveling salesman for years and years and years. He spent miles and miles on the road, days and hours. And now he has sciatic nerve pain. This sounds like I'm going into an ad. Uh, he has sciatic nerve pain. He has horrible back problems. So he told me that, you know, what the thing to do is you, if you're driving, stop every hour and just stretch. And so me and Hannah are also all about water. All about drinking water. All about staying hydrated. We always say to each other, we need to focus on water. And water is so important. Being hydrated is so important. But the problem with being on the road is that, uh, it's hard to stay hydrated because you got pee every 15 minutes. You know, if you're drinking a lot of water, you got pee all the time. So these things coincide with each other. If you, if you're drinking a lot of water, then you're going to stop about every hour to need to pee anyway. So stop and pee and then stretch yeah it may add extra time to your trip, but I mean we're talking but it's also
0: going to add extra years to your life
2: yeah we're talking about your overall feeling like feel better, stretch, don't eat greasy food that's what I'm going to get into next uh on this on the on the road subject, but drink water, stretch I mean leave early, give yourself plenty of time it's not about the destination it's about the journey. Enjoy the process.
0: Yeah. They say that sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. So you really have to be mobile. You have to move around. You have to get your body moving. It is not okay to be sitting down every day, all day. And, you know, we feel that because sometimes we're sitting down for eight, nine hours in a car. Yeah, I went to
2: the emergency room uh, a year or so ago because I had all these – my My stomach hurt, my back hurt, my side hurt, and Hannah got me real paranoid about it, and she didn't know what life was like in America with no insurance and uh, sent me to the doctor. The doctor was like, listen, we can't check you out here because we don't have the equipment. They said, the best bet is to go to the emergency room. So I went to the emergency room with no insurance and, uh, they scanned my body and they said, Oh, you're totally fine. We don't find anything wrong with you, but here's some pain pills to take, which I just threw in the trash. And, uh, cause I'm not trying to get addicted to pain pills out here, but the, um, I've taken them. They're a good time. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to do it again, but the, uh, uh, the the point was, it was my back. It was it was muscle pain. It was not stretching. It was driving in the car all the time. And so I started stretching a lot, and I started feeling better. So it's important. If you're going to be on the road all the time, like I've been on the road with a car with 310,000 miles, you're going to want to stretch. Hannah rolled her eyes at me because I say that about my car all the time. But- I
0: mean, he talks about his car having 300,000 miles like it's a child, like he's proud of this child that's gone to college and it's really just a beat up Volvo. Well,
2: I am proud of it because you know what? I always say this: that when you get in the car, you should you should crank it up and they should let it run for a little bit. Let it run. People are always like getting in my car, being like, "Why are we still sitting here?" Because you got to let the car run. You got to let the you got to let the fluid circulate in there. And I feel like as a result, my car has lasted a long time because I take care of it and I care about it and I brag on it. And I pet it. I rub it down.
1: Oh, yes.
2: And uh, all right, so here is the food on the road segment.
1: I said, food on the road,
2: food on the road. Sometimes it's hard to find food. All the time, it's hard to find food on the road. Hannah, you know this. Mm-hmm. So what I recommend is, if you can't find a truck stop, you know Google. You know this is a great thing with Google Maps. You can type in where you're going, and then hit start, and then you got. And then you go, uh, you hit that little magnifying glass and it pulls up all these things. You just type in grocery store. It'll tell you a grocery store on your route. Go into that grocery store. Stop in there. Get yourself some fruit. Get yourself some snack bars. Get yourself some stuff like that. That way you're not filling up. You're not being too heavy. You can snack along the way as opposed to eating a big meal and then sitting on that fat meal in there. Snack along the way. You don't have to worry about going to Bojangles or Hardee's or Burger King or McDonald's, stay away from McDonald's, never eat McDonald's.
0: Yeah. I mean, this just, if if you're choosing to be a comedian on the road or you find yourself living that lifestyle, um, it's, it's, you're doing the long game and, and it really is important to exert some self care. So you got to do these things. You got to stretch, you got to get out once a hour, you got to drink water and do yourself a favor and buy some food from a grocery store. It's going to be cheaper, and you can also pick up some healthy options. But then you can also pick up some, you know, some chips and some snacks to give yourself a little bit of a treat. But that all in all is going to make you feel better than just getting, you know, a fast food meal that just makes you feel like garbage. Hundred percent. Right, and then, once you
2: get out of the south, there's no more Chick Fil A's. I mean, there's a few of them out there, but
0: yeah, but Chick Fil A is not good for you, though. It, yes, it, it tastes better than most. Fast food, yes, it technically, is. but it's it is delicious. not good for you.
2: Well, they have some healthy things too, though. But also, if you're always gonna, makes me if fart. you're going to stop at a a, um, a fast food place, you know, try to find some wraps and stuff like that. Just try to find your your best options, but because there's always something somewhere. Okay. All right, and now we got what we got. Uh, we're going to try to start like a movie uh, segment or or TV segment. So this is our movie segment.
0: Movie segment, we got a movie segment Remember what I'm TV shows Great Scott What do you want you to
1: watch?
2: <laughs> so, this is a TV show that Hannah's been into It's called Addicted
0: Yes so when Dusty has been away, sometimes I'm at, alone by myself in the apartment. I get to watch all the shows that I know Dusty's not into. And uh, I have for a long time liked the show Intervention. And I recently discovered a similar show to Intervention, and it's called Addicted. And it is a show about a family interventionist who intervenes in, uh, with an alcoholic and their family. And I love it. I'm kind of obsessed with the host. She's this very charming blonde lady from California.
2: Go ahead and hit that intro for us.
0: My name is Christina Wadolinski. At 12 years old, I had my
1: first beer. At 15, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. I ran myself through dumpsters. I sold my body for drugs. And now I'm a family interventionist, helping others like I help myself who are.
2: Addicted. Boom.
0: And that is the beginning of the show. And I don't know, it's a very dark show. It's an
2: intense show. It's
0: very disturbing. You know, they profile people on heroin. They profile people on meth. They profile, you know, deadbeat dads and lost daughters. Um, But for some reason, I really connect to it. (laughs) And I like to watch it in the early hours of the night, um, right before I fall into sleep. Well,
2: this is what uh, – so we watched one episode together recently, and they were going for this girl who was an alcoholic. Like she was an alcoholic, also like was mainlining morphine, and it uh, was very intense. But at the beginning, it's just showing her being an alcoholic, right? And And so her parents – Bring her to the house and they're like, you can stay with us while this intervention has happened because it's not a surprise intervention. Everybody knows the intervention is coming. So they're letting the girl stay there. But then the family, like the parents, go on vacation. They're like, we're going to leave. And so the girl's just there by herself. And they have this refrigerator outside that's full of alcohol and so instead of emptying it, instead of being like, all right, our alcoholic daughter is coming to stay with us. We're worried about her. We're going to do an intervention for her. Instead of dumping all the alcohol or taking the alcohol with them, they just chain it up. And this girl, like a true addict, uh, figures out how to take the door off the fridge and get the alcohol out of there. And she's just wasted the whole time. And it's like, she drank all the alcohol, but the the fridge is full of alcohol. I'm like, I'm I'm like watching this going, is she the alcoholic or is her family the alcoholics? I mean, if you're trying to help your daughter get off alcohol, the least you could do was give up alcohol for a bit yourself. You know what I mean?
1: This is why the
0: family intervention is so important, Dusty. We need to connect to all the members of the family and help all of them heal.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like they're going, uh, "Oh, you can't drink anymore, but we're going to have a party. We can't handle ourselves either, but we're not shooting up heroin in between, so we're okay." I think her family was closeted alcoholics and uh and but this girl had, you know, she had lost her daughter, I mean, she needed some help for sure.
1: Dusty, do you feel as a recovered alcoholic triggered by this show?
2: No, uh, no, because my alcoholism was never that kind of alcoholism. What I am is a binge drinker. I cannot drink, but if I drink, it's on. Mm. We're getting into it.
1: Tell me more about that.
2: Well, there's no one drink for me, right? I always said this joke. I, this was a joke I used to tell. I say, hey, because ultimately my drinking leads to bad decisions. So this was a joke that I wrote. I said, if I tell you I'm not drinking... I'm at least having two beers. If I tell because on the days that we would be hung over, me and my buddy would be hung over and tired and feel terrible, we're like, nah, we're not gonna drink tonight. We'd still have a couple of beers. You know what I mean? But if we said we're gonna go out and have a couple of beers, then that means we're getting drunk. Because if we're gonna go out and have a couple of beers and we feel good, and then we're gonna get into it. But if we ever say we're going out to get drunk, then it's a guarantee that a window's getting broken, something's getting stolen, and somebody's sister's getting knocked up. Hey, maybe mine. You know what I mean? And uh, that was the joke because if we say, every time me and my buddy would go, let's get drunk tonight, I mean, let's do it, something bad happened. Mm. But if we were like, yeah, let's go out and have a couple of beers, then we'd get drunk and we'd ruin something. But if we said we're going to get drunk, then bad things happen. So I'm not triggered by the show. I mean, I get the show you know I get it, and people do need help but my my problems with substances were always different than the people I saw around me but I've also been a bit I've also been a prayer, you know what i mean i've I, I prayed at some some times when um when I'm in some hard spots, you know what I mean and I felt like I've always been pulled through. So, and I think the that's what AA is a big part. AA, you know, it has uh, you know it doesn't necessarily take it to a Christian perspective, but turning over your problems to a higher power is a big part of AA. And uh, I didn't, I never used AA necessarily, but I um, read the Big Blue Book, and the Big Blue Book opened my eyes to the fact that there are different types of alcoholics. I always had like a movie perspective on alcohol, an alcoholic that was drinking by themselves all the time, and and. You know, drinking at work. Well, I drink at work sometimes, but I never (laughs) drank by myself. I was all, I'm a partier. I mean, I'm not trying to just get drunk alone. I'm a partier. If I'm drinking, I'm going out somewhere, you know?
0: That's how I felt. Yeah. Last Wednesday in LA. I mean, I I'm a, I said let's turn it up. I'm about to let LA know that I'm here now. Yeah,
2: we're having a good time is not a new thing for me. I've my entire life I've been all about having a good time.
0: What's powerful
1: about that statement, Dusty, is that uh when I was 18 years old, I sold my body for money so that I could afford drugs to fuel my addiction. And it would have been really cool if me, Christina Wadalinsky, could have hooked up with you, Dusty Slay, in your heyday of partying. I feel like we really could have tore some stuff up.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was trying to sell my body, too, but uh, my body was pretty bloated. <laughs> and uh,
1: <laughs> That's funny.
2: Uh, but I had a good time. Dang, I had a good time. You know what I mean? I'm not glorifying drinking because uh, it was bad for me and I needed to quit. But dang, I had a good time. You know what I mean? I'm happy to be quit. I haven't drank in uh over six years.
0: I never knew you as a drinker. No, I met you after yeah oh sounds sounds like you bummed out by that.
2: Oh, I don't know. well, we're talking about drinking and quitting drinking, and yeah, I don't know, but uh,
0: oh, I just made it about me,
2: yeah, everything's fine <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
0: So, anyways, that's the TV show Addicted. Um, that's a fun show I've been watching, and uh, well, it's 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 a fun show I've been watching, but it's not a fun show.
2: Yeah, it's not a fun show. And actually, I fell asleep. I don't know if how the girl turned out. And then I asked Hannah about it. And she I was she, like, t-
0: she did a month in rehab and seems to be doing well.
2: Great. We should look it up. See but this show
0: at. was was shot in like 2010. So.
2: So we should look it up. See where she's at now. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's got her daughter back. Yeah. But I mean, there was a scene like it, so much of it felt forced. Like there was a scene like where her daughter and her ex-husband came over and there was like this hugging scene between her and her daughter. And it it's sad, but it felt like her daughter was like, OK, OK, here we go. I've been through all this before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope you get better. But my life's pretty good. So, <laughs> so I'm fine. All right. So here's a conspiracy. Bigfoot. urban legends. Ghost exist. Someone told me about this. Someone who's also uh, emailed us into the podcast before, uh, but he has messaged us about the Mothman. And I had never really gotten into the Mothman, but we just watched it. And it appears that in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, there were some sightings of a moth, half moth, half man with red eyes, and apparently, this was a very small town. Everyone knew each other. So when people started saying, "I saw the Mothman," people were like, "I believe you because I trust you, and I don't think you're crazy."
0: Yeah, there was multiple sightings, and local authorities really believed how earnest these citizens were being when they were reporting this. And um, and then uh, people started to try to investigate. You know, what could this have been? Could it have just been a, a, a deformed owl or bird? Because Apparently, there was some sort of nuclear plant in World War II that toxins you know, steeped into the local forest and habitat yeah. and could have made a bird mutate.
2: They thought it could be like a mutated crane or yeah. like a mutated owl. And they actually thought some of the sightings might just have been owls because the wings of the thing look like an owl. But people, lots of people saw it. Lots of people were freaked out by it. And then they said they thought that maybe it was something sent to warn them of danger. And then they had this bridge that mysteriously collapsed, killing 46 people. And there's a picture of the bridge before, and it looked like there was some kind of owl man on top of that bridge that they thought that either he was warning people about it or was responsible for it. Now, in the Bible, there is these things like seraphims, and they always have, like, wings, and they always have—or is it seraphims or cherubims?
0: Well, I don't know, babe.
2: One of the two. And— uh, there is one, because they, they said this thing had like the face of a human, and there is one of them, I think it's a cherubim, that's described as having the face of a human and like wings. So, very weird. So, maybe it was warning, or maybe, you know, it was some kind of, you know, maybe it was some kind of, um, because they said the bridge connected West Virginia to Ohio. So, maybe… I mean, in maybe it was one of those two states. Maybe the people in West Virginia were like, hey, all these Ohio people keep moving over here. Let's collapse this bridge. Or maybe it was the Ohio people being like, let's keep the West Virginians out of here. And so Mothman was like, you know, uh, on the side of one of them trying to trap it.
0: But apparently there was no other sightings after the bridge collapsed.
2: Yeah. Once the bridge collapsed, Mothman was gone. Mm-hmm. So he came in, did his job scared a couple of people, or maybe he was just trying to have a good time. And then when he accidentally collapsed the bridge, he was like, I better get out of here because they'd probably be pretty pissed now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So who knows? We don't know if the Mothman's real or not, but I'm just going to say, I believe it.
0: Yeah. I believe those people saw the, saw this apparition. I think it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I can't say that I know that it was a Mothman, but I believe that those people saw something unusual.
2: So. I think it was a moth man.
0: You think it was a moth man, eh?
2: Half man, half moth. Mm-hmm. Hide your clothes.
0: Mm-hmm, little beady red eyes. Yeah,
2: hide your clothes, because he's going to get in there, he's going to eat little holes in them.
0: Yeah, he going to eat them holes.
2: Uh, eat little hole, you better get some moth balls. He's like... <laughs> you better turn
0: your light off, because <laughs> that moth man coming.
2: <laughs> the moth man's like, <laughs> you want some of these moth balls? You get it? Nah. Well, you know, like like a dude would be like, Bees nuts, kind of thing.
0: Oh. You know? uh-huh.
2: and then he's a moth.
0: Oh yeah, you love them mothballs, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You love it. Thanks for explaining <laughs> me that yeah. joke.
2: Because you know, people put mothballs in their clothes so that moths won't eat them.
0: Mm. You
2: can also put mothballs in holes if your dogs are digging in the backyard. Who's got
0: moths in their house, though? A lot of people. Yeah, I always associate mothballs with my grandma. Yeah, her, her she always had. But uh, but why is moth? I we don't have a moth problem here in our apartment. I think
2: maybe it's the old houses. Maybe had cracks, and like the old people, like aren't going through their drawers as much. Mm. So moths are getting in there, eating holes. I'd
0: almost them. rather have holes in my clothes than to smell like mothballs.
2: Some people like that smell. Do they? You can also keep snakes away with mothballs. Huh. So. Fantastic. So a lot of a lot of uses for the mothballs. Mm-hmm. One thing you don't want to do is eat them.
0: Mm, poisonous.
2: I don't know, but they don't taste good.
0: Okay, you've tried them. That's a yes.
2: Yeah, well, who hasn't tasted? I mean, I've. Tried, I haven't. I've tasted lots of things. Okay. You know, I mean, you got to see. You never know.
1: Dusty, is this part of your addiction?
2: Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm. I mean, I eat mothballs.
1: You'll do anything. My name's to Dusty. Get a high.
2: My name's Dusty, and uh, I eat mothballs.
1: Speak on that more, Dusty. Talk to me about
2: that. Well, at first I thought they were sugar cubes, and I ate them, (laughs) and I thought, wow, these sugar cubes are not at all what people describe them to be. But then I thought, hey, you know what? I could use a little sulfur in my diet.
1: Mm. Wow. Spoken like a true addict.
2: So... That's it. That's going to wrap it up. We've had a great time. We're going to be, Hannah's going to be in Michigan this weekend. I'm going to be in um, Charleston, South Carolina. Come to my show. Let's have a good time. I got friends there. Let's do some fun stuff. Um, and we'll be back. I'll be back alone next week because Hannah will still be out of town. Uh, we're going to get into some stuff. We're going to tell some stories. We've got lots of exciting things on the horizon. Please email us your stories for us to talk about. We'll share your stories. We'll ask us questions about comedy. I know that we got some new comics that listen, that want some advice. Send us your questions and your comments. That way we can address them. I know lots of people have sent us things to talk about that we never talked about. I had a Facebook post for a while where I was like, what are some things that you want to talk about? And I've barely done any of those things. And I'm sorry about that. But we'll get to it all. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Go my to. name is Christina Wadlinski. At 12 years old, I had my first beer. By 15, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Now, I'm a family of interventions. Helping others and myself to cure from addiction.
2: Dusty.Slay at gmail.com. DustySlay.com. At DustySlay, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, look us up on Facebook. Hannah is Miss Hannah Hogan on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and her website is HannahHoganComedy.com Tune in, check us out. Thanks for tuning in. We're having a good time.
1: Thank you so much.